This is Hammy. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Hello. Hi, how it's are rainy. you? It's cold. It's, it's really not spring. shitty. I mean, it is April, April showers. It's also Mueller Day. So that's my morning. Yeah, so it's Thursday, <clears throat> and Hemant promised me, as I tweeted today, Hemant promised me that he would read the entire Mueller report and then bring a really nice. Yes. Summation citations, yes. really. So let's let's check into uh, it, Hammond. It was good. <laughs> I got nothing. I skimmed it just like everyone else did, and it, uh, whatever. Not my wheelhouse. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, remember when you said the Patreon thing that I didn't finish all the words you were supposed to say? There was more. Yeah. So go to Patreon.com/slash/FriendlyAtheistPodcast if you'd like to donate to this show. Help keep us going. You can um, feed Dottie. Or feed else. Dottie. Where is she? I oh, don't know. Hammett. Yo. She went to the vet today for her annual checkup, mm-hmm. and she's three pounds overweight. And I was very <laughs> embarrassed. And I also, you know, how she's afraid of her own farts. Okay. Um, I was like, can you just make sure she's not like in pain yeah. or like if this isn't a symptom? And she called me. She's like, I think she just startles easily, which is code for my dog is so dumb she does not know what a <laughs> fart is. <laughs> It's so Glad amazing. to hear Dottie is dumb. Yeah, no, she definitely... I mean, like, I love her more than I love anything. Validates She's everything I've thought for a very long time. <laughs> You're an asshole. You can't call my dog dumb. <laughs> Only I can. She starts herself awake from dead sleeps <laughs> by farting. It's extremely funny. Congrats. Um, I want to start with some good news, actually, before you we, like, dive yes. in. I do. So, uh, last year, 2018, was the first time um, my city, Aurora, had a pride parade. Yes. And so they were all ready to go with Pride 2019. Have you heard about any of this? I've been. I think you told me a little bit about this. Oh, I did. Okay, so um, I was at. <laughs> ironically, I was at a baby shower for a lesbian couple on on uh, Saturday, and they're like, "Did you hear Aurora Pride was canceled?" And I was like, "What?" So apparently, Aurora decided whether I'm not. I haven't dug into it too much, but they increased how much they were going to charge, I think, across the board for, like, anybody who wanted to hold a parade or whatever there, to the point where they were $17,000 short of what they, okay. what their goal was. So they're like, sorry, we have to cancel it. Like, we just can't. Like, there's no way we can make this deficit up. There's such an outcry that they started a GoFundMe campaign and raised that $17,000 Within 24 hours, they had two weeks to do it. They so it's back on. I'm super stoked that. about it. There's a 5K. I might go running. What? Yeah, I have athletic ability. I'm going to the gym later. I'm wearing my workout clothes. Nice. Um, so yeah, I just want to start us off on like a that non a shitty nice. note because I bet this week is going to be shitty as per usual. It's really the theme of this show. <laughs> uh, let's start with Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre um, Dame. You heathen. Yes. So, okay, I, I don't have anything to add because everyone's heard a million things yeah. about it. I will say I'm most of the groups I belong in, which is to say I don't read any of them, but no one said anything particularly nasty. It was one of those, oh, God, some people are going to say some really horrible things, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Like, yay, a church is dying. Yeah. I didn't see much of that in my wheel, like in my neck of the woods, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised I know, I'm sure some trolls everywhere of course. were saying um, things I, like that. I saw some, like, little b- bits of feedback of, like, it fe- like after what the Catholic Church did to me or society right. or whatever, like, this feels really cathartic. But it didn't... It, I don't think anybody... Notre Dame isn't the center of your problems. Right. As much as the institution as a whole. Right. I... 
I mean, I w- obviously with everybody else I'll was watching. I'll say it the right. F- I swear. <laughs> was watching the footage, and I will like now. I have a different point. Like I have different thoughts on it than I did the day of because, man, watching that the fire, like the footage of the fire was alarming looking, and it's it, it was very dramatic looking, and also for, and I think they released the cause today. I think it was just like they were doing construction and like something caught on fire. Yeah. Um. And I completely lost the train of thought. But uh, to lose something... Oh, I know. that It's an 800-year-old building, right? Right. And the fact that in 2019, of all times, like we lose something that old and that important to society and that... 2019 like, being on fire seems like an appropriate right. metaphor for everything. <laughs> um, here but if you've ever been to Europe mm-hmm. and you've ever traveled anywhere in Europe, the one thing you do when you go to visit these countries is you go to see the churches because yeah. that's where all the history's that's at. All the history and, and so if you care about history and right. like you're saying, the art, the architecture, mm-hmm. you go to the churches. It's like saying, oh, yeah, if you want to see Renaissance paintings or whatever, right. yeah, you're going to see religious themes for a bunch of reasons. That's where the funding was, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, Notre Dame is more than just some church. Right. So, like, the fact that we almost lost it mm-hmm. isn't, oh, we lost some random church. No. People go to visit it for more, yeah. so much more than that. So, it's like, oh. I mean, I've well, been that- there. It's beautiful. Like, I'm sure if you've been on Facebook or Twitter, you've seen a gajillion pictures of people, like, when I went there in 12th grade. Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's true. It's touched a lot of people's lives. It's an, And it's important for Paris's economy it's it's like 10 million visitors a year something wild like that like yeah if you go there that's one of the things you gotta do do. um here is my like kind of frustration with what's going on so within 24 hours um people pledged in so let's just talk specifically so there's two billionaires specifically um the or the founders of the french companies louis Vuitton and caring they pledged a combined 300 million euros, excuse me, euros toward the rebuilding effort. And that's great. I think Notre Dame is a, is like everything we've said, is a cultural touch point. It's important in human history. It's important in European history. But I think it is also a sign that it takes, that they have this money fucking ready to go and this is the first thing that happened that they're like oh i should put money toward this it's it is just it's a very kind of eat the rich kind of attitude that i have like oh you just had 300 million euro and like this is like the genocide this is the thing and, you're spending money on like, it's, it's not a bad thing right but also you could spend that sort of money if it's pocket change to you to relatively speaking uh, right there's so I, many other things you could also I, spend money on that you're not so hesitant to um to criticize how people donate their money because yeah. it's absolutely your, bus- your business and it's not mine yeah. i just think it's kind of wild how much money they raise so quickly when there are when the ch- the Catholic Church is worth what thirty billion dollars or something, what like mm. the Vatican is made of gold, like fucking steal a chair and use that and I don't to know, pay for some shit. And I don't know the answer to this, but like if it's a publicly owned property, not the mm. Catholic Church owned, and there's probably insurance on a building, and of there's that. insurance. So, like there were ways to raise money. And by the way, the fir- when I first posted about Notre Dame on my site, it's like, well, here's a link where people could give because mm-hmm. that's what it seemed like. I didn't know about the billionaires donating. Yeah. 
But it's like, oh, okay, they raise money pretty quickly. Oh, by the way, look, these other religious, like there's three churches in what, Louisiana, Louisiana right now that, that burned? Were, not just that burned, that... Burned down. No, not <laughs> even that, but they were, it was an arson. It yeah. was a, it was uh, historically black churches burned by a white male arson yeah. and it's gotten no coverage until, and actually this has been a trick cause it's been like, Oh, you're donating to this church. Maybe you should donate to right. like these churches that actually really need your money. Or at least they definitely didn't raise that much that quickly or right. anything even in that. But I ballpark. think because of, because of the um, kind of the spotlight, those Louisiana churches got as a result because it was like a very reflexive thing for people to be like, actually, why don't we like give people give money to people? They steered who need it, it in the right direction, right? And so I think they raised a fair amount of money, which is yeah. good news. I actually uh, uh, go for it. Um, however, here's the thing that made my head want to explode: is that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in a statement that the U.S. will offer assistance in rehabilitation of this <laughs> irreplaceable si- symbol of Western civilization. What the actual fuck are you kidding me with this? Are you fucking kidding me with this? This is America first. This is white people first. This is white culture first. This is absolutely... They have money to send... And again, not a bad thing in a normal situation... But in this administration to say, like, yeah, we will we got we will donate, we will give meanwhile Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's I kept seeing the 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 reaction of like still struggling stairs in Puerto Rico. Like it's just (laughs) it's it's fucking disgusting. And it is so evident of this sort of white nationalist look of like they don't care about the United States, they don't care about the country. The brown people in the United States. They care about white people. people. They're fine with shit happening to they basically disowned Puerto Rico. Like, I don't know her. Like, what are you talking? (laughs) Hurricanes. Sounds like she did something there. Like that was a disgrace. Flint still doesn't have clean water. And they're like, oh, also, do you guys really need this water bottles, these bottles of water? Because we're tired of That's what they need. sending water to Flint, question mark. I, I mean, just, it's the latest example of this administration doing something insane. It's wild. It's wild and disgusting. And I'm, and the weird thing is, it, I don't think it would be weird if any other administration did exactly what they did. It's that they did this when they've done so many other horrible things in life. Like, it's only bad in context. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's if, not bad on its own. I mean, I think if we had seen a good faith ex, a good faith effort on any administration to be like, we're trying to address our own. But, like, that's what Trump is... That's, like, the thing they're constantly going on about is, like, we don't have money for X. We don't have right. money for national health care. We don't have money to... We're full, f- no immigrants. We're full, no immigrants. We we can't afford to take refugees on. We, but you know that's... Hey, that's not how budgets work. But you know if, like, Norway said, hey, we need to send some of our people oh, somewhere, they'd be in. like, They're come the on in. Right. <laughs> the good-flavored immigrants. The vanilla-flavored immigrants. Like, it's, right. it's so... It's so dastardly on its face. And I think the whole time I was feeling kind of ucky about how, how much money was like thrown around by billionaires. But I think that's just me reflexively like not liking rich people. <laughs> like, oh, you got like 30 million, 30 million euro just like hanging out like liquid, just ready to get three. What did I say? 30. That's so much more than <laughs> what I said. And it's just liquid. And you're like, yeah, I can see, I can part with this with that. Like it's, 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 I think it is my like inner socialist just like rearing <laughs> its ugly head. I think I need to let her come out and play. Like it's, I don't know. I, 
I don't know, hang the rich? What? Eat the rich. Yes. Eat the rich. I read something Eugene. surprisingly awesome on Reddit, and it was unsigned, and it was on the Reddit atheism page. But I, this was posted real, relatively quickly after the fire happened. Um, I'm just reading an excerpt here. We lament the loss, but choose to be hopeful for the future, to trust that the people of France, with their usual fortitude and determination, will rebuild and restore. Mm -hmm. We hope that the brave men and women who risk their lives fighting to contain this fire will come through unscathed, and the fire will will be under control soon. This subreddit and people the world over value the contributions the people of France have made to our shared global culture. We trust that the Notre Dame will be restored to its former glory in Mm -hmm. time. Like yeah, yeah. Nice, I think that good. covers it. And and from my understanding, nobody died. Yeah, they one didn't... injury, I believe. Oh, really? oh I for didn't a even firefighter. Hear about that. But like the stained glass windows were saved. Like the, and I think the stuff that burned down is not 12th century or whenever it was built. It, it's it's a later edition. Also, there was an excellent tweet. Oh, shit, what's his name? Um, he's the co-host of oh, Science Enthusiast. Yeah, Dan. Dan Broadbent. Yeah. Um, had somebody did a had a tweet that. And those pictures of the inside of Notre Dame are dramatic and yeah, like everything looks burned down. And then there's one picture of like everything in like like is burnt and smoky and all this. And there's like a sunbeam and there's a big gold cross that survived. And somebody said something about like, how can you look at this and not believe in God? And Tendry is like the burnt like wood burns at a lower rate than gold. Like I don't know what you're. <laughs> what do you? Why would you? It's it's so wild. It's, it's science. Like, it's not America. And also, a church burnt down. What the fuck are you on about? I felt the same way when people said, uh, "In the flames, in the pictures of the flames, you could see Jesus." Which was which poof. they always do in sure. any natural disaster. But it's like you see the the entire church burning, right? Like this is not a time for Jesus to make an appearance in the outlines of the flames. Well, and especially because it wasn't. Arson. It wasn't malicious. It wasn't terrorism. It was. From it was my an accident. It was an accident. Which, if you're religious and you believe this stuff, it's like Jesus caused that caused, fire. But so, so like, I let's guess give him the blame for that. Then I could see of, those hair having more weight of like the cross survived. Or like I saw Jesus yeah. in the smoke. <laughs> but like, it's not like somebody came in and blew up the place. Like something caught on fire and like. That's what wood does. Like yeah. it, it's just such a, it's an amazing Jesus, way to, toast. to <laughs> that's safer for everybody. It's just an amazing way to divide your brain. I remember after nine, I was in high school during nine eleven, and like two thousand one, like I was so credulous. Like I believed anything that was in front of me, and somebody showed me a picture of like, look at you can see Satan in the smoke, oh, yeah, and I was I like, what? Like, <laughs> it, like yes. have some credulity, you guys. Right. What is going on? Um. Let's let's move to this because this happened today, and it's here's some good news. Oh. Um, Gallup released a poll about church membership. Okay, and they've been covering this for a long time. The question is basically, do you happen to be a member of a church, synagogue, or mosque? It's one question in a broader survey that they do, but they singled out this question because uh-huh. they've asked this for a long time, and. The 2018 results, because this is where they're getting it from, Mm -hmm. uh, the newest result, is the lowest church membership ever. Wow. It's at 50%. That's down from a high of 76% in like the 1940s. Hmm. It's down from 70% 20 years ago. Wow. Like 
all the drop has happened recently. Mm-hmm. It was always going a little lower, and now the hockey stick part is happening. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's also we're halfway there, is mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. <laughs> so it's at 50% now. And the reasons for this are interesting because part of it is the fact that more Americans than ever before are not religious. They're not part of any organized religion. They're the nuns, religiously unaffiliated. But also, Gallup said, the people who are religious aren't part of a church as much as they used to be. Because you realize that, like... Spiritualism is... Yes, that matters more to them than anything. Mm -hmm. Or, I'm a follower of Jesus, but also I don't want to be part of, like, the Southern Baptist because for a lot of reasons. Or... Or I I don't want to be a Catholic church because of all the shit they do. Or just... I don't want to go to church every week. Right, like it's, it's inconvenient. I don't want to. Yeah. And when you, I would also argue that like when you see what our government is doing in close ties with conservative Christianity, right. why would you want to belong? To, if you're, if you're an anti-Trump type, right. why would you want to belong to a evangelical, like white evangelical mega church right. when those things go hand in hand at this point? Mm-hmm. So I don't think the hockey stick is done yet. It's going to keep dipping. It's going to keep falling. And by the way, the other thing Gallup said that I thought was interesting, again, not news, but it is nice to have numbers to go with it, is when you talk about older people, 89% of them say they have a religion. When you look at millennials born after 1980, down to 68% who say they have a religion. Like that number is lower. So when you talk about who's going to church... The people who are not going to church are younger are people. Young, yeah. So, like, that trend is not going away. Yeah, and I think what's going to be more interesting to see, because I feel like younger people tend to lean left as opposed to older people tend to be less religious. than. But I feel like what's happening is millennials, like, first of all, people still use, not that, not that you just did it, but, like, People still use <laughs> millennials as code for teenagers, which uh-huh. like I'm a millennial. I'm in my mid thirties. Right, <laughs> like that's right. not how it works anymore. But their their I, definition I is born 1980 80, or after or after. Yeah, well, it's a 2000 because that's how old you have to be to take the survey. Oh, gotcha. But okay, like 1980 so, oh, to 2000 is millennials for them. So, so yeah, I guess 19 is still pretty young, but. Mm-hmm. All that's to say is politically, we have seen that millennials are not skewing more conservative. As they get older, they get older. Yeah, as Gen we've Xers grown did, up as at a time when we see, like, I, I think I heard someone say this about AOC, but it's like she grew up at a time when all the Republicans have like always been religious and like always corrupt. Mm-hmm. It's always it, like yeah. we grew up with George W. Bush right. and this guy, right. whereas older people who um, might still say, I'm conservative, I'm Republican. It's like, yeah, well, Reagan had his problems, but, like, he wasn't as bad as these people. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, there's a difference between who you grew up with. I know, you're rolling your eyes a little bit. (laughs) I know. Like, he wasn't great. But the point is, like, they grew up at a time when you could be Republican and it wasn't evil. And now it's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Because I know what that stands for now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you're millennial, you're like, you want me to be a white evangelical? You want me to be a Southern Baptist? I don't align with you. You don't don't represent what I believe in. And think about what that means for people who are part of an organized religion, especially those. It means you're anti-LGBTQ rights, Mm -hmm. uh, anti-reproductive freedom, Mm -hmm. scientific data, sex education, climate change, everything. Like, they, we know what you stand for when you're part of those churches, and it means you're anti-gay, anti-woman, anti-whatever you want to put there. Mm-hmm. You are not for the poor as much right. as you claim you are. So I, I think the one thing that would change this graph 
the hockey stick graph. <laughs> the one thing that would get people going back to church is if like there really was a revolution for like the religious left. Yeah. And like you could convince people, no, if you belong to church, you are part of a movement that is here to help the poor and help strangers and mm-hmm. all the stuff they claim Jesus did. Right. If that if that actually got traction, maybe people would go back to church because yeah. there's a nice built-in institution to facilitate those goals. But I think But that's not what they do right now. Like that's not what Christianity is known for sure. right now. I mean, I th- I would say that there are not as a whole, but there are definitely like pockets of Christianity that are trying to do that are especially when it comes to like LGBTQ rights mm-hmm. th- that you know even around here like gay people welcome like Chicago if you walk like by any church like half of them have a rainbow flag just be like all are welcome and even that's not going to do it I think until the people who represent Christian not just like Christian churches but the people who say they represent Christianity in our government or in our life right On television, in the news, Mm -hmm. I mean, they always, uh, obviously, they always pick the loudest, most extremes on any end to be the the representatives, quote unquote. Right. But you're right. Like, until we start hearing more from those people who actually say, my faith inspires me to do the following things that are actually decent. You know what? I'm I'm disagreeing with myself. I'm disagreeing with myself because we had Obama who did that. Mm -hmm. Pete Buttigieg is is Christian and gay and obviously right. for gay rights. Cory Booker even is extremely religious and still liberal. Like I don't think that's an ano- I don't think that's weird and I don't think that should give you pause. Ano- I think those are one-offs mm. and that's not a movement. That's one person who happens to embody like really good values yeah. and say and they attribute that to their faith. And that's all well and fine. We can have different disagreements mm-hmm. about that. But it's like there's a difference between, you know, individuals who do that sort of thing, which is not unusual, sure. and I welcome it, right. versus like this broad movement, like the Project Blitz with the Christian bills. That is a movement yeah. of conservatives. The Republican I Party is a giant group of people who think this horrible way. Mm-hmm. Obama's great when it comes to religion and how his values are and all that sort of stuff. Buttigieg, same way. Mm-hmm. Booker, same way. But those are one dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, until yeah. that movement grows, there's no I'm not joining Obama's church. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like Yeah, that's fair. So I don't think that's going to change unless that entire movement grows. Right now, if you want to do good things in the name of your faith, mm-hmm. you're not doing it as part of a church. You're probably doing it as part of a separate movement or a different organization <laughs> that is fighting yeah. for, you know, uh poverty issues and things like that. But you're not doing it like as a member of whatever might my megachurch. Yeah. I, what do you think is more likely to happen? That, I mean, obviously, religious numbers are not going to bottom out, right? Like, we're not going to see zero no. in our lifetime, nor do I think it's necessarily, like, a bad thing that's not going to happen. Do you think it's more likely that we're going to continue to see that precipitous fall off of, of organized religion? Of organized religion, or that Christianity, which I guess, besides Catholicism, it's hard for Christianity to do something en masse because... Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no pope. Christian pope, right? Do you? Think oh, I it's, think it's going to keep dropping. You think it's going to it more more likely than churches are going to start see numbers dwindling more and more and think like, fuck, we have to. Yeah, they're not going to change. They're going to double down because doubling down means you get to keep the diehards, and yeah. that matters more to them. So I don't think Even they're going to. The diehards are in their 
90s. 70s and 80s like, and 90s? Yeah, no, it's not going to change because th- that's the money you want. Like, those yeah. are the people keeping the church going. It's not the 20-year-old liberal who doesn't have a job and doesn't have money to give you. <laughs> They're not going to change for that guy. Yeah. They will keep doing what they do because they can keep going for another couple of decades at least mm-hmm. with a core group of diehards who are dogmatically to the right. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to change. It, what's going to happen is the movement will shift to the left, uh-huh. I think, but I don't think it's going to happen within religion. There are better ways to organize and move people yeah. than through a church. That's fair. And that's one of the big changes now. It's like, if I want friends, if I want to gather over a set of values that mm-hmm. mean something to me, I don't need to go to church. There are other options for me, whether it's politics <sighs> or something else. That's actually a really so, good point because church... Even just in our generation growing up, church was very much a focal point of the community and where people went for that. And now we have the internet where like I have some of my closest friends right now. I literally met on the internet like a real fucking creep. Church is not the only game in town. And so you're going to find ways to like share your values. Again, church has an awesome infrastructure for that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. But other places will catch up and those are going to meet you where you want to go. So, like, why go to? Why would I want to join the Catholic Church with all its baggage yeah. when all the stuff they claim to do really well, you could find in other places? Okay, I just had a weird thought, R.E., modern-day churches. Um, so, do you, so speaking of, like, in, in the Internet as a sort of parallel to what the church was a generation ago, I'm thinking about, specifically I'm thinking of My Favorite Murder, which is a podcast I listen mm-hmm. to. It has a huge listenership. And... Online, there are it's like the My Favorite Murder group, and then there's the Chicago group, and then the Chicago Land group, and then the Western Suburbs groups, and like we, I have gotten all together with these plotting murders, all people plotting murders. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. It takes a lot of manpower, yes. woman power. It's all women, <laughs> but like these people get together, and it's, it, it's over one particular value that or, uh, thing that you all thing share that we all passion, share. You all share, and it has turned into this like almost weird church equivalent because like. I get together with my friends once a month and we all mm-hmm. like take turns hosting and watch the thing together. Right. Some we people have, done... have Jesus, you have dead bodies. Yes. Same thing. But like pe- like these groups will raise a bunch of money for charity. Like it, mm-hmm. they've become this like organizational structure. Like yeah. it's weird how those sorts of things parallel. Like all it takes is something relatively influential that people naturally organize themselves. Right. And I think people want to do good. So if, you know, I'm going to go bowling this, and raise money for end the backlog. Like, th- yeah, that's great. This may be a little tangential, but I always thought like as a atheist activist, like uh, my real goal in terms of what I do, lofty goal uh-huh. is, you know, I want to be, I want to convince people to think critically and think rationally. Right. Mm-hmm. And I always thought religion was the head of that monster. Uh-huh. That's why that's the thing that drew me so much, like convincing people that atheism made sense. Right. Yeah. And now I realize, wait, no, religion, maybe it was, but it's not anymore. When it comes to irrational thinking, religion isn't really the biggest problem that I see in my life anyway. It's, it's political. Yeah. Like, that, like, Trumpism sure. is way more harmful and influential in a bad way than, like, someone's Christianity is right now. Because, like, you could swing that both ways. Trumpism only goes, like, one direction like yeah. and you can't really spin that to say he's helping the poor. Actually, that's a <laughs> really good so, point. And this is the thing, like religion used to be the the focal point of everything I did. Yeah. And now it's like I don't I don't care if religion like if a church is doing something fine or bad, like eh, we'll see how well, bad it is. Right. But like 
everything I do when it comes to irrational thinking and anti-science and mm-hmm. anti... It all goes through po- politics. And that's, so that, to me, is a bigger focal point for my activism, because that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's still part of the, I want you to think rationally and evidence-based and everything. Right. But it turns out, like, religious leaders are not the worst people using that information now. It's politicians. It's politicians. And so that's where I, like, want to destroy the head of the monster. That's actually really well put, because I feel like a, a, a common criticism that we get is how much we talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and to me, it's for a long time now, it's been more interesting to talk about politics because that's consequential. Whereas... You know, the guy who spouts some garbage in his, like, little church in the South. Like, yeah, I want to talk about it because I want to make sure we see that this kind of rhetoric is still going on. This anti-woman or anti-queer rhetoric is still happening. But, like, that's small ripples in a pond. Where we're looking right. at the waves is what's happening happening in Washington and happening with our lawmakers. And the fact that they still, the fact that they harness either religiosity or lack of critical thinking, or lack of science belief, quote unquote. Yeah. Like that is, I completely agree. It's more I, important and more. I'm interesting. saying this as a straight cis guy, but like, who does more damage to the LGBT community? I think at one point I would have said it was religious leaders because of all the misinformation they spread mm-hmm. and all the anti-gay rhetoric. And now I would say, no, it's the Republican Party that does more damage to LGBTQ people because of the policies they're trying to pass. And I realize that overlap is really large. Yeah, I mean, the Venn diagram is almost a circle. Right, right. But if you're trying to stop it, you're not going to stop the religious people. But also people kind of know that they're jackasses about this stuff. Like the Catholic Church isn't going to change on the gay marriage thing. But you could stop those politicians. Like, you could actually get shit done if you could vote them out. Yeah. So that's a more, like, reasonable place to focus your activism. Yeah, and it's more actionable. Yeah. It's more, like, like I cannot... The Pope's not going to change his mind no right. matter what you say, but that dude can be voted out. Right. Another and, dude. And even if I can't change his mind, mm-hmm. I can fire him. Right. Wow. So that was a tangent we don't go on very often. Let's... I'm not even changing topics too much, but let's talk about the reactions this week to uh, Pete Buttigieg because there's some crazy people saying crazy things. My favorite one uh, came from this radio host who actually, he's not a nobody, I would argue, because he ran for, I believe, lieutenant governor in Virginia. Uh He lost badly. So now he's just a radio host and failed politician, (laughs) but he's not a nobody. So E.W. Jackson... He said on his radio show this week... E.W. Jackson, I'm sorry, E.W. Yeah. Jackson is definitely a Civil War general. That yes. is not a name of a man who yes. lives in 2019. Uh, he said Does he that go by E.W.? He goes by E.W., Bishop E.W. Um, oh, I and he hate said, him. if Pete Buttigieg becomes president, the nation will be destroyed because he's going to put Christians in prison uh-huh. and he's going to turn America into a homoocracy. <laughs> <laughs> I am afraid to tell you how much time I spent trying to figure out what... Because he didn't define the word. No, he didn't. And I'm so curious what he thinks that Homo- means. He, what did would he that say mean? Homo-ocracy? Would that be a government run by gay people? I don't think that would be the worst thing. I mean, I think Does, it's <laughs> making people take the gay pill. Is, yeah, is he going to turn everybody gay? Yeah. Uh, is that what President Pete would do? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what else could it mean? Like, 
That is a uh, wild statement. Yeah, here's what he said. He was really disturbed because uh, Buttigieg kissed his husband at yes. a campaign Ooh, rally. Oh, that got a so lot of heat. Jackson said, a normal man <laughs> is disgusted by the idea of two men kissing each other on the mouth. A normal man <laughs> is disgusted <laughs> by that. Blah, 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 blah. This is how normal people feel. They're basically forced to suppress those feelings because of the gay mafia. He said that. And he went on. He said, if Buttigieg becomes president... Quote, he will use, um, not quote, he will use the power of the government to shut down Christian broadcasters and businesses because LGBTQ activists want nothing more than to put Christians in jail and turn America into a homoocracy. Mind you, Buttigieg is a Christian. Yeah. Like, he's not going to put Christians in jail. Do you think this is one of those things of... What's a homoocracy? Listen, I want to live there. I want to be a part of it. (laughs) What's the flag? Please adopt me. We know what the flag is. Come on. Um... Is it one of those things of they are assuming that the opposition wants to do to them what they want to do to the opposition? Like, I think he wants to put gay people in jail. Yeah, and he's it's like, very and, much projection. Yeah, thank you. Projection would <laughs> yeah. be a more concise way to say it. I, <laughs> like, they're always worried about the stuff they actively say they want to do, people are going to do to them. You're right. I mean, it's the same thing. Have you ever heard the thing about, like, the reason straight men are afraid around gay men is they're afraid they're going to be treated the way they treat women, <laughs> which is... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Brian Fisher, who does a radio show for the American oh, Family Brian Association Fisher. and is always good for a crazy person soundbite, mm-hmm. also said uh, Buttigieg would be the, quote, biggest threat to religious liberty in history. But that's in not... History, in history, huh? In history, yes. Uh, the, the best part about the quotation, though... Uh-huh. Do not let his boyish good looks and charm deceive you. He threatens everything that you and I cherish. <laughs> now that's some projection right there. Like He really is. Okay. <laughs> oh, golly. Yeah. Brian Fisher thinks we're all taken in by his charm and handsomeness, and therefore we're just going to let him trample all over our religious liberties. Um, because that's what he thinks. That's incredible. <laughs> I've never been happier. I will say, um, Pod Save America has been doing like long form interviews with each of the candidates. Yeah. A lot of times I'll listen to them as I'm falling asleep. And God, Pete Buttigieg has a very soothing speaking voice. Really I very is. much enjoyed it. Yeah. I also have Buttigieg stories. <laughs> what else do you get? Um, our, say, I'm sure there are problems with him because there are problems with every politician, but like, relatively speaking, yeah. Still still like him. Yeah. I like Elizabeth Warren, too, but I like him. Yeah. I mean, listen, we said this, I think, last <laughs> week. Like, I'm ride or die for Elizabeth Warren, and I do feel like women are being underrepresented in this, and I I feel that I'm being part of it right now. Yeah. But fuck, he's so fucking charming and nerdy. I love him. Um, he's part of the gay agenda. Did, he's getting yeah. you. The charm is working. Um, did you see that tweet that he somebody said, like, Pete Buttigieg seen, seems to me like the sober friend who reads through the entire game game manual and then patiently explains explains the rules back to his drunk friends and he repeated <laughs> like oh my god that's so true <laughs> like he's a like he's a dork and i love that i know i saw like a picture of him last year before he announced his presidency but he was kind of known if you're into politics and stuff and know. there was some little kid behind for one of the things he was speaking at and he's just playing with the kid. Like, it's cute and adorable. And you're like, I remember when a president did that. Yeah. Like, right? I think the reason people are so um, so obsessed with Pete Buttigieg in this, and this is his moment, right? Like, this right. isn't going to last forever. Like, 
But just last another 18 months. I know. <laughs> but I mean, even just among the Democrats, right. like he'll like not even the shine will come off the apple, but like other people will also be interesting. Right. He is just the diametric opposite of Donald Trump. He's like just a sweet, calm, cool, collected, yeah, a sweet guy, thoughtful. intellectually curious, like a nerd, which is the literal opposite. Like, I, I don't know. It's he's extraordinarily likable. He's very charming and winning. Still Warren 2020, sorry. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be, So far, there has not been anybody who Joint is ticket, running. Boom. Yeah. There's been nobody who's running thus far who I would be upset to see in the White House. Yeah, or or would be, like, hesitant to cast my vote for. Right. So I think that's that's um, good. Rem- uh, I'm Wait, gonna, no, I'm not oh, done with my Putin, have Putin more? stories. All right. Um, remember our friend Jason, either Repair or Raybert? Raybert. Uh, he um, posted on Facebook... <laughs> he posted a picture of... This is a Pete. state senator oh, yeah, from state Arkansas Thank you. who put up the Ten Commandments monument outside the state capitol. He is roundly the worst. Like, he yeah. is consistently jockeying he for genuinely, the worst. He started an organization to get Christianity in the government, like, to push all these Christian mm-hmm. propaganda things through the government. Um, so he posted a picture of um, Mayor Pete and his husband kissing. Yeah. It said, will our pulpits remain silent? Will pastors refuse to rebu- rebuke open sin <laughs> displayed as normal? Sodom and Gomorrah meets modern day America. And then he uh, lists Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. I didn't read it. It wasn't my jam. It was a long, copy-pasted Bible verse thing. Sure fucking long. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a really chill thing that he did. And then Everett Piper wrote an op-ed for the Washington Times, which, as I was reading it, I was thinking it was the Washington Post. Oh, dear God. It was not the Washington it is Post. Not. I l- learned that. like When I was reading <laughs> it, I was like, Who th- why would they fucking print this? No, um, the Washington Times will print anything oh, yeah. on them. So, um, Everett Piper... <laughs> I'm sorry, this title is so fucking dramatic. Pete Buttigieg doesn't get to make up his own Christianity. Did you read this piece? No, but that sounds about right. Um, so she... It, and it's like a really fucking incredible like tap dancing around facts and how they work. <laughs> because she lists a couple times that Pete Buttigieg kind of calls Pence out by name, like at some point he says the Mike Pence. They're both from Indiana, so he keeps getting asked about Mike Pence. And he's gay and Mike Pence hates gay people. Very much not, yeah. So I think that's the important thing to remember here is that it's not like when A it's punching up when you are a mayor talking about the vice president of Mm -hmm. the United States. And a guy who oppresses you. And and (laughs) secondly, like he actively oppresses Mayor Pete's community. So she um (laughs) I mean just these Logic leaves. Mr. Buttigieg's, Mr. Buttigieg's ridicule of the vice president's religious convictions have persi- persisted in spite of the fact that Mr. Pence has done nothing but show grace and respect at every turn. Yes. Quote, I hold Ma- Mayor Buttigieg in the highest personal regard, said Mr. Pence. Seem as a dedicated public servant. There is no record of Mr. Pence ever insulting Mr. Buttigieg or returning his mockery with similar no derision. Oh, my God. No one's pretending Mike Pence is Donald Trump, but Pence's actions speak for themselves. Mr. Pence has shown remarkable restraint and nothing but civility and a generous spirit of true tolerance. Oh, my God. Mr. Buttigieg, has it ever occurred to you that the Mike Pences of the world don't have a problem with who you are? I'm using square quotes when I 
They literally have a problem with who he is. But rather, we disagree with what you do. We believe human identity is much more than the sum total of someone's sexual inclinations. In fact, the creator, whom you so boldly reference, makes this pretty clear. Your sexual appetites are your business. The thing about (laughs) obedient, faithful Christians is this. Semicolon should have been a colon. Get a copy editor. We consider someone else's private private life to be just that. Private. Please stop telling us what kind of sex you like. We don't want to know. (laughs) If you want us to stay out of your bedroom, please shut the door. Stop opening it up and trying to force us to applaud and celebrate. (laughs) You don't get to make up your own Christianity. You also don't get to make up your own Jesus. And in case you missed it, he is explicitly clear in his definition of marriage. Quote, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Yes, Jesus' wife was a good woman. No, our quarrel really isn't with your creator, sir. Our quarrel is with you. <laughs> Fucking Everett Piper. That's what he calls signing graciousness. Off. Yeah. Holy sh! Is God. Everett Piper a dude? I I think so. Um, the, the idea that Buttigieg is like saying, "Come on into my bedroom. Oh Come my watch. God. Come applaud me for what I do here." I read this whole thing thinking Everett Piper was a woman. I thought Everett was a woman's name. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'm, well, it's a white dude. <laughs> Wow, the one time, <laughs> the, one time. <laughs> the one time I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And again, okay, okay, Pence has actively signed legislation allowing Christians to discriminate against gay people yep. on the basis of religion. Yep, yep, yep. No one cares if he has a smile on his face as he does it. No one cares if he speaks politely as he does it. Pence is anti-gay. Yep. His party is anti-gay. It doesn't matter. They don't have to act like Trump to be despicable in their actions. Yeah. So Buttigieg is right to call him out on it. Um, it is kind of amusing, though, to watch these people get apoplectic about, like, how dare you insult Mike Pence when he's been nothing but nice to you, minus the fact that you're not allowed to get cake. Correct. Oh, well. Um, Oh, PhD. I, they keep calling him Dr. Piper, and I was like, I don't see anywhere where he got it. Where, where did he get it from? Actually, Michigan State University. Right. I don't know what in, though. He yeah, Spring Arbor University for his BA, MA from Bowling Green. I mean, he's got credentials. All right. I don't know what it's in, though. He's Let's, the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan. You want to talk about sex spots? <sighs> All right. So... <laughs> Remember, it's, I swear it's related. Remember a while ago, there was this thing called the Nashville Statement that all these Christian conservative leaders signed that basically said, here is what we think about LGBTQ issues. Trans people don't exist. Nope. Check signing Fuck it. Uh, marriage between one man, one woman, et cetera, et cetera. That was a while back. And it's kind of like, like, that hasn't changed. That's still there. They still hold to that, mm-hmm. whatever. That same basic group of people that are part of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention just released another document like that that says, here is where we stand on this issue. I'm dying and these to are know our principles. sex robots come in. And it's all about artificial intelligence. And they're like, Fuck this me. is what we say about artificial intelligence. Finally, we've all been waiting on uh-huh. pins and needles to hear what these yes. dudes have to say about AI. Yeah, and they're like, we recognize that AI will allow us to achieve unprecedented possibilities while acknowledging the potential risks. Uh, whatever, this is what everyone says about AI. It could do amazing like things. Yeah, like, I've heard of it. Minus whatever. Okay. So the whole thing is an attempt to basically say what everyone else has been saying about AI, which is we have to control it. We have to know what we're doing. We have to approach it ethically. Fine. Mm -hmm. But then they got to turn it all back to Jesus because that's what they're paid to do. And they're just like, um, 
people have said AI can help assist with enhanced medical diagnostics and therapeutic inventions, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, that's good. We welcome that. But But also, (laughs) then quote, we deny that death and disease effects of the fall can ultimately be eradicated apart from Jesus Christ. Like, sure, you may get your AI therapeutic benefits, but you need Jesus too. Like, that's what this whole document reads like. Jesus. Like, sure, AI can do this, but also Bible. (sighs) My favorite version of this, though, Uh is when they talked about sex, and they say that um, basically people said AI can help you with whatever aspects of sex, whether it's like a sex bot for your pleasure (laughs) or even assisting with couples or whatever. And here's what they said in response. We deny that the pursuit of sexual pleasure is a justification for the development or use of AI, and we condemn the objectification of humans that results from employing AI for sexual purposes. Like, how dare you look into what they can do for sex? Objectification of humans? Yeah, I guess if you're creating like a sex doll Uh or whatever you're going to do with it, you're ruining sex for people somehow. I mean, I guess it's Mm. literally objectifying. If you like, (laughs) if you made a clone of a person into an object, I guess that's actually what objectifying (laughs) (laughs) Wait, they went on. AI should not intrude upon or substitute for the biblical expression of sexuality between a husband and wife. Yeah, the gays are the ones who are obsessed with sex. <laughs> yeah, so don't make a sex bot that you use to replace your wife. Mm-hmm. And then it better not be a dude sex bot because that's absolutely... Jesus said specifically, don't make AI gay sex bots. Uh-huh. And they just want to make sure everyone knows yeah, this. Famous Sermon I, on like the Mount. It's like the Ninth Commandment uh-huh. or something like that. Um, Jesus didn't give the commandments. Um, I have a question. <laughs> wait, there's, wait, one more thing they said in this statement. Okay. We, we deny that AI should be designed or used in ways that violate the fundamental principle of human dignity for all people. Which sounds well and good until you realize all of these Southern Baptists have like made careers out of like violating human dignity for whatever groups they don't like. Sure. Like, no, you don't get civil rights the way we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, that's mm-hmm. all. Bring on the AI, because I've seen what humans yeah, right. do. <laughs> um, I have an important question. Yes. Is a vibra- vibrator a robot? Because if so, I have really bad news for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost this fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just wait till the AI bots make everything like better and more calibrated to what you want or need or something. Like, it sounds great, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is what I do. I come up with the ideas. Oh my god. So. Um, I love that they had to come out with this giant long statement. Well, I've been waiting, pins and needles, I meant, for their, their hot take. <laughs> Spicy hot take. <laughs> so here's a sad story. And I'll tell you, I was a little, I still have like red flags up about this story. Oh, you think it might be a fake Maybe. But here's the version of the story that I, I want to believe is true. Okay. Uh, two women, Tiffany and Albrie Schaefer, they found out that their 18-month-old daughter, Callie June, has cancer. Oh. Really sad. Um, the girl is going through chemotherapy, surgery, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, the couple has been posting pictures. And they're like, look, things are getting better. Look at how happy she is today. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So they also set up a GoFundMe page sure. uh, to raise money. Because America. Because America. 
And okay, fine. So everything is, ha- I mean, it's not good. Like that's all happening. And they've been doing this for months. And then last week on their Facebook page that is dedicated to showing her progress, yeah. Kelly's progress that she's improving. They posted one of the messages they got through Facebook on that page. Okay. And here's what the message said. My prayers for Callie. I was going to donate $7,600 to her fund, but I found out her parents are lesbian. I've chosen to donate to St. Jude due to that fact. Sorry, I'll still pray for her, though, but maybe it's God's way of getting your attention (gasps) that she needs a mommy and a daddy, not two mommies. Oh, no. Uh-huh. So they got this message. They posted it saying, like, the f- what the hell? I assume they redacted on? the name. No, they didn't. Really? So I went to go search the name of okay. the person. I was who's, about oh, to do that. Way ahead of you on this one. <laughs> the person has either deleted or taken down their profile, uh-huh. which makes it hard to verify some of this stuff. This mm-hmm. is where the red flags go up. Because yeah. I'm like, that's a lot of money to give to a stranger's GoFundMe. Yeah. That's a very specific amount to give to a stranger's GoFundMe. Especially if you obviously do not know the right. people personally. And again, who, who I don't go to, I don't give to every fundraiser that I, comes my <gasps> way, but I don't write to them and say, by the way, I'm not giving to you. Like, oh, just okay. Don't. That is, honestly, that is, I think the amount seems slightly unbelievable, yeah. but the fact that she says, I was going to give this to you, but I wasn't, is the most believable part because I <laughs> like for this podcast, people, yeah. I wish I could do oh, this, yeah. but I can't. Or like when I was waiting tables, I would love, I was going to give you 20%. Okay. Literally this happened one time. I was going to give you 20%, but it was so cold in here that I needed to get hot chocolate. So I'm taking those oh. $2 off your tip. <laughs> okay. So I have seen okay. the worst of people. So and by that, that I meant I waited legit. tables for 10 years. Yeah. So, so they said this, like they posted the message that they got, yeah. which seems legit. And also, they didn't make a big deal out of it other than to say, Jesus Christ, someone sent us this message. How messed up is that? Yeah, that's fucked. And in the past week, like, they went from, and I counted this out, too. It was like they had $4,400 before they posted this. Now mm-hmm. they're up to, like, 50000 Wow. Which I'm glad for the little girl. Uh-huh. And I hope, genuinely hope, this is all real and, like, yeah. it was a strange. I'm sure, I, even if it was a troll, more or less, mm-hmm. who sent this message, I don't think the family had anything to do with it. But this you could see where my little like oh, sure. red flags are popping up here. But they got some news coverage where they're like, who sent this horrible message? And mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of people are just like, what a horrible thing for anyone to do. Mm-hmm. They wanted to give uh, for the little girl. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, the girl seems to be doing better and she'll hopefully be out of the hospital soon. That's good. But if that's true, what a messed up story. <sighs> Fuck, man. That's rough. Um. Here's another story that is also rough and it's weird, but this one is true because I've seen the video. Oh, God. Okay, get this. Church in Ohio. It's Impact City Church in Patascala, Ohio. I don't know where that is. But here's what they do. They're right across the street from like a middle school and a Mm -hmm. high school. And so a lot of the kids at those schools kind of go to the church after school to hang out, stay there until their parents are home from work and pick them up or Mm -hmm. whatever. And the church facilitates this. It's not anything illegal. The church is there and kids go there. Uh Okay, fine. Um, Apparently, at one of these after-school sessions this week, one of the pastors at the church, his name is... Columbus. Columbus. uh, Jadius Dempsey. He told the kids... He basically... Here's what he wanted to do. 
hey, it's Easter week coming up. I want to share with you all the importance of what Jesus did on the cross. Okay. And to, I'm not going to tell you that story. I want to allow you to go full on passion of the Christ no. on me. So, what? hey, you, 14-year-old, whatever, kid, punch me. Hit me. I dare you. Hit me. And he just stands there. And the kids, you could see on the video, because someone took video of this, like these kids are like, uh, is an adult really saying I can like slap him oh or punch him? God. And finally, when they're like, oh, yeah, he is doing that. They do. And the pastor just kind of sits there and takes it. You see a bunch of kids spitting on the guy's face. Oh, my God. And then this is the oh, my God moment. He's like, here's a steak knife. Cut me. <gasps> yeah. So like he thinks this is a great lesson for the kids. What's the lesson? Uh, I don't know. Something torture porn Jesus related. Um, this was later the, the video of this went online. And oh like the mother of one of these kids is like, why does my child have a knife or whatever? Fuck. Um, and a bunch of these parents are like, you're traumatizing all of these children. Because even whatever lesson you think you're teaching them about Jesus saying, go ahead and beat up somebody. I don't care if it's you and you're doing it voluntarily. But the fact that you're like, yes, hit me, hurt me, whatever, that is not a normal human thing that kids should be watching without permission from anybody else or whatever. That's messed up. And to like, I don't care if the the kid they gave a knife to Mm -hmm. was like, do you really want me to do something? And they basically like scratched the guy's back. But like... A little hard. That's really fucked up. What are you doing to that kid's brain? It's messed up. And so all these parents are pissed off. Hours after this started going viral, Uh the head pastor of the church and this jackass went in front of a camera for a Facebook Live, like, five-minute thing and issued a pseudo-apology where they're just like... Look, we were just trying to do this thing for Jesus. Like, see, we weren't doing anything weird. They did not say, they, they said it was inappropriate. Uh-huh. But also they were like, look, I'm quoting here. It was about this guy named Jesus, Jesus who thousands of years ago, he was put on trial for a crime. He didn't commit and he was beaten. He was broken. He was whipped. He was crucified and he died as an innocent man. Dempsey's illustration was meant to share that message of love. Yikes. Which they apparently think is synonymous with physical abuse. Like, they called it honorable, what this guy was doing. Like, holy crap, how little thought has to go into something like this where you think that's a good idea. Um, that's fucking wild. I'm looking and how at- many of these parents are going to keep bringing these kids to that church anymore? Like, Jesus. Oh my God, this is the wildest thing I've heard in quite some time. <laughs> so that guy has a white supremacist haircut. <laughs> Which is what, exactly? It's like a high and tight, but it goes like a little bit too far up. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. A high and tight, it's like when it's really, really short on the sides, and then there's, it's, it's, it doesn't fucking matter. All right. God, you're impossible. Hi, you're welcome. Um, I have another yes. bummer story while we're down here. Yes. I have to find it. My printer wasn't working, That's so okay. I'm working on a laptop, well, and I fucking hate it. I found it. Okay. Don't interrupt me. Fine. Um, so, <clears throat> Texas, Texas again, they uh, they passed um, House Bill 16, and it's called the Born Alive Act. First of all, pedantry, it's Born-Alive Act, and 
the Born Alive Act. I don't know why it's hyphenated. Like, uh, I don't think the two people who created the bill are named, like, Jason Bourne <laughs> and Susan yes. Alive. Anyway. Right. <clears throat> so this bill would penalize doctors who don't give full medical treatment to babies born alive after abortion. What, you say? What the fuck does that mean? It's a good question, Hammond. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um According to this article, there have been zero cases reported <laughs> by this state since they started tracking them in 2013. And even if it did occur, how? Um, federal law already requires infants born alive at any stage in development be given equal protection. This is, I'm reading something, it's designed to strengthen the protections to babies who survive abortions. Which, which isn't is, how anything works. Yeah. Um, Representative uh, Donna Howard, who's a Democrat from Austin, she spoke out against the bill. She's actually the only person to speak out against it. She said the aim of HB 16 is clear. Further stigmatize abortion, misinform the public, intimidate physicians, and interfere with women's ability to seek medical care. Um, she called it a blatantly false inflammatory, called it blatantly false, inflammatory, and dangerous. She said that she's insulted by the implication that, I, oh, she's a former trauma nurse. I'm insulted by the implication that I or any other nurse or doctor would not, would not do any and everything in our power to provide care with any medically stressed human being. The misinformation perpetuated by this bill is dangerous and is the exact type of rhetoric that leads to threats of violence against providers. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's fucking wild. Oh, there's um, Governor Governor Greg Abbott. Yes. Cool dude. Yes. Daddy's mad at him, too. Uh, He backed the bill. Of course. He said it was a stand against the growing support for infanticide. Yes, this is what we do. I missed that meeting. Um, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said, we've watched in horror as lawmakers in other states have put forth monstrous proposals that attack life and expand abortion, even for children that have been born. And then in the article... They seriously walk around thinking kids are born and then, like, people get out a butcher knife. No, really. That is their fantasy world that we all live in. They think abortion is like the chestbuster scene from Alien. <laughs> Do you get that? Is that a thing you Vaguely. get? Vaguely. I mean, it's... Only because I've seen it in a play once. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I do about? weird plays. Anyway, um, I just wanted to give your friendly abortion reminder that about 1% of abortions in the United States occur after 21 weeks, which is about the halfway point. And even those... Those are often um, wanted pregnancies that are terminated because the patient's life is in danger or yeah. because of a life-threatening fetal abnormality. Um, the bill was passed 93 to 1 with 50. Uh, dem- um, that yeah. has Democratic support right there. Sure does. It has uh, 50. Um, so a representative... The one I was talking about earlier, whose yeah, name the is Democrat. the Democrat. So was she the one? She in, no, she no. actually encouraged um, everybody to uh, vote present but not voting. Oh, okay. It, it was a protest. She said, "We refuse to waste the limited time we have here to take care of the to take care of the people's business by entertaining malicious and pure, purely political attacks against women and doctors. We refuse to ignore the expertise of medical professionals and allow them to be targeted and harassed. We refuse to use the power entrusted in us by our constituents." and the voters of Texas for political theater. Um, so, yeah, it was 50 voted... Um, present. Present, but not voting. Um, there was one Republican, uh, Howard... Uh, Dut- no, excuse me, Harold Dutton from Houston, also a Democrat. He voted no. 50 voted not present. And then um, it was all Republicans plus 12 Democrats who supported it. Of course it was. So... God, when your Democrats are voting for something like that, it's a messed up state. Yeah, this is not great. Um, 
So similar, not an abortion story, but it is pretty bad, too. This is in Tennessee. This just happened today. Um, Here's the gist of this resolution that they just passed today in the Tennessee House. Mm -hmm. They want to amend the state's constitution. Mm -hmm. Here's what it says right now in the relevant section. It says the that government being instituted for the common benefit, the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. I don't know what that means. Whatever. I zoned out. This is what they want to add right after it. And that liberties do not come from government, but from almighty God. Cool. Really Those two things have nothing time. to do with each other, but they just want to put in there that all of your, like, basically your civil rights and everything, that's not because of government. That's from Jesus. They want to add Almighty God to the Constitution of the state. Like, to what end? I don't get it. Anything to make it so that belief in their God becomes... It's like putting under God in the pledge. To what end? Mm -hmm. Because once it becomes normal and we get used to it, it's easier for them to shove God in everywhere else, too. It's just one of many things. But here's the thing. So today, the Tennessee House voted to pass that resolution, and uh, they passed it, like, overwhelmingly. Um, But here's what has to happen, because this is a weird little thing. The guy who proposed the resolution... This is State Representative Micah Van Huss. Mm -hmm. He tried this in 2015. It didn't work. He tried it in 2017, and it passed the House, and it passed the Senate. But the Senate didn't like the wording, so they changed it. Then they passed it. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this We talked about this, and then the House has to pass their version of it. Uh Time ran out, so it didn't work. So now he's trying again, and this time he feels like he's fixed all those problems. So here's what happens. Today, Mm -hmm. the Tennessee House passed it. Now the Senate has to pass it within the same legislative session. Then uh, it has to get a vote from two-thirds majority of the next legislature, which is going to happen because it's a Republican state, uh-huh. then voters have to approve of it in a gubernatorial election year, which is 2022 for Tennessee. But again, it's a red state. That probably would happen. Uh-huh. And only then can we actually, anybody, file a lawsuit against how illegal this is. It's like basically just another chance to push God into cool. like the Constitution. Cool, but they're, they're basically laying the groundwork for it to happen because mm-hmm. uh, this is the priority for these people. <sighs> wow. Um, I have one more. Yes, Do you have anything else? I got one more after that. Go for um, it. So there was a, a study in 2017. Yes. That was looking into the health effects of mountaintop removal coal mining. Okay. Um, which is roundly not great for humans or the environment. Um, it had been going on for a little while. And then in 2017, the uh, Interior Secretary, Ryan Zinke, or Zink, yeah, Zinke, Zinke. Um, he canceled it and he said, we had some grant process studies and we canceled it. Like, it was just a coincidence. Um, so there's a congressional hearing on this issue, and Representative Alan Lowenthal, um, who's a Democrat from California, uh, wanted to look into why this the study was canceled because yeah. it sounds like most of the evidence says this is probably not great for health. Um, so he <laughs> um, so he was talking to um, an inspector general whose name is absurdly what is it Landon quote quote 
Lyndon Tucker Davis. Um, he said, so um, Lowenthal was asking why it was canceled. Like, don't we need this evidence? Blah, blah, blah. And he was, um, he was offering an explanation for why the study was canceled. And he was shut down when Davis said science was a Democrat thing. <laughs> oh, so, facts are a Democratic thing, aren't they? That's that, which is cool. Sounds about right. Saying the, <laughs> saying the quiet part out loud again, guys. Yes. Um, I got one last story for okay. you. Uh, this is from Italy, and it was just bananas, which is why I wanted to share it. Um, an Italian atheist organization basically put up an ad campaign starting last October, and here's the problem they were trying to draw attention to. People go to hospitals whenever they need to go to hospitals, but they don't always know if their doctor is like a Catholic doctor. And the problem is if you're going there for, say, an abortion or something, Mm -hmm. it is possible you're already deep into the process, or maybe it's a medical procedure that Mm -hmm. it's not just spur of the moment or something. And then you realize, oh, no, it's a Catholic doctor or a Mm -hmm. Catholic hospital who won't do the procedure, and now I'm screwed. And their argument is... You should know what you're getting into when you go to the hospital before you get, like, further into whatever you're there for. So here's their ad campaign. I'm not going to try to say the words because I'll butcher it. Mm -hmm. But they basically show um, a picture of a doctor and a picture of a priest, just like the stethoscope and then a cross necklace. Uh And they basically, in English, it says, heads or tails. Like, this should not be a coin flip. Like, where I hope I get a doctor who does stuff instead of one who blocks me from doing the thing I need. Oh, my God. And the ad campaign just said, like, you should not have to choose. You got to make sure you know what you're stepping into. Mm -hmm. And, hey, if you live in certain cities where we're putting this billboard up, like, you guys specifically have a lot of these religious doctors who won't do things. You, of all people, should be asking the question, right? Make sure they don't have a religious objection to certain treatments or assisted dying, which is legal Mm -hmm. in Italy. Like, don't rely on chance. Okay, totally good ad. It's not anti-religious to me. It's saying you need to make sure you're getting the thing that you need. Um, So good, fine. Um, in fact, he's, they said in certain regions of the country, 97% of doctors exercise, quote, conscientious objections to performing abortion. So, like, the women need to know that. Sure. In another part of the city where uh, Genoa is located, the opt-out is, like, 60%. Okay. So it's a, this is a big deal in certain parts of Italy. So guess what happened? Tell me. They tried putting this ad up in Genoa, uh-huh. and they were banned. Like, the city wouldn't really? let them put up the ad saying it violated, like, the respect due to each religion. As if this is an anti-Catholic ad of some sort. It's not an anti-Catholic ad. It's not an anti-religious ad. No. It's just saying, hey, everybody, know what you're getting into. And, by the way, the same city totally lets an anti-abortion group advertise stuff. Of like, course. That is not a problem. So the atheist group appealed the decision in court, and they won. So that's wonderful, except the city appealed that decision. And, like, the higher courts in Italy said, yeah, city is right. So it's banned again. Jeez. Like, the campaign is banned in the places where it's needed, needed the most. <clears throat> of course. Um, this, so according to uh, Humanist International, one of the groups that really focuses on this, um, who am I quoting here? This is 
uh, they said, you know, we stand behind our members. The clear aim of the campaign is to get, help patients get the services they're entitled to and not leave it to chance. One of the members of that group said there is nothing deeply offensive about the idea that from a patient's perspective, a doctor who obliges the patient's rational and personal choice may well be preferable to one who blocks access to services on the basis of their own religious convictions. Like, yeah, it's a perfectly sensible ad. Yeah. It is insane that they blocked it for, like, blasphemy, essentially. But oh my God. that's a thing that is ongoing. So they're, the group is considering, like, an even higher court to go to. Maybe they can get this overturned. But I don't know how their yeah. court system works. I don't know what the chances of say, that happening are. I understand American politics yeah. is scant enough. I don't think we need. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, that's all I got. Cool. Um, any good news? Anything you want to share? Uh, how's, your, how's your trip to uh, it was good. North, North Carolina? Carolina? It was lovely. People were great. Nice crowd. Mm-hmm. And then the snow blizzard happened in Chicago. So Jesus. I finally got back home. Yay. That's good. I'm glad you're Finally. home. Are you moving soon? Moving soon. Are you excited? I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be great. I think it's actually going to be nice this weekend. We'll see. Yeah. Doing anything for Easter? You know I am. Oh, yeah? Family stuff. Yeah. I have a question. R.E. Easter. Um, did you ever like go to celebrations that involved a lamb made out of butter? No. Okay. It must just be a Polish thing, because I've never seen it either. And then when I started going to Easter's with my... With my uh, husband's family, who yeah. they're Polish and Catholic. Butter made of lamb. Also a cake m- shaped like a lamb. Huh. i I just never I seen know. it. No one in my family, obviously, or my wife's family, are, are Christian mm. in any meaningful way. Anyway, we are totally having an Easter celebration. I don't mm-hmm. really know. We just get together. Yeah. Yeah. Eat some, I don't know. We Apparently ham, butter know lamb. Listen, it's not my thing, but all right. Apparently a thing. Anyway, um, Hammond, where can we find you on the internet? I'm at Hammond Meta on Twitter, friendlyatheist.com. Please go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast. You can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com if you want to, you know, talk shit about me, which is everyone's favorite pastime. That's why I send you emails every day. (laughs) Uh, All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.